0: Listening to a podcast from the National. Stephen Phillips is the Director General of Invest Hong Kong, the Department of the Hong Kong Government responsible for foreign direct investment, supporting overseas, mainland, and Taiwanese businesses to set up and expand in Hong Kong. This is the Business Extra podcast. My name's Chris Nelson. And recently, I spoke with Mr. Phillips about what InvestHK can offer investors here who are contemplating entering the playing field in Hong Kong and the wider Southeast Asia region. I wonder first, can you briefly describe what your role is with InvestHK and what the organization does?
1: Well, Christian, great to meet you. Um, My role is the Director General of Invest Hong Kong, um, which is the department of the Hong Kong government that's responsible for helping international businesses set up, but also grow in and via Hong Kong. Um, So the work that we do is very practical Um, Helping companies identify what the market opportunity is for them um, and then taking them through the process of setting up. Um, That can mean pointing them in the right directions um, in terms of regulation or helping with visas or helping um, with office locations. So um, it's all about getting companies up and running. Um, But then we also help them grow. So it's about looking at the wider opportunities that Asia offers.
0: Does it include your uh, sort of in, acting as, a, as a, um, a go between between uh, investors already there and investors coming in? Um, do, do you have that role to play as well? Um, certainly, that is part of the mix,
1: um, particularly when you look at the work that we do with startups um, and also. Um, In the fintech space, Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of connectivity um, with the investor community, Mm -hmm. Um, and Hong Kong has a really big um, priority on innovation as well, so in AI robotics, smart cities fintech and health tech. Um, And again, that is very much about matching new companies with the investment community uh, as part and parcel of what we do.
0: Mm -hmm. And obviously from a personal perspective, you had uh, um, significant experience of working in the Hong Kong financial sector prior to uh, it being handed back to China in 1997. Um, What, in your opinion, are the most significant changes um, uh, from before and since? that uh, occurred within the, um, the investment uh, sector? In. Well, I think the
1: major change is actually the emergence of China as the second largest economy in the world. Um, and I think um, what is going on across the mainland is incredibly exciting. Um, and that's just created a wealth of opportunities um, for businesses in Hong Kong. But then that's also in the wider context of ASEAN. Mm -hmm. Um, and Southeast Asia also growing very strongly. So if you look at big economies like Indonesia, like Malaysia, like Vietnam, um, it's just that the region has become so much more
0: vibrant and the scope and breadth of the opportunity just grown astronomically. Mm -hmm. And do you think the recent um, moves towards opening up the markets in China is having um, a beneficial effect for Hong Kong? Is it it Uh, Do you think investors are looking to Hong Kong thinking now China is opening up? I'd like to use Hong Kong as a kind of portal to to the mainland. Or or do you think the the very fact that the markets are opening up there, in fact, means people will go directly to Shanghai or Shenzhen or...
1: I I think the opening up of the financial services sector in China that Xi Jinping uh, mentioned just a couple of weeks ago is a positive for Hong Kong. Um, For many international businesses, Hong Kong has got very distinct advantages. Obviously, it is a leading global financial services sector. There's a depth of talent um, in the city that is very hard to replicate. Um, on top of that, the benefits of Hong Kong under one country, two systems in the financial services sector is very important. So common well, law based system. What would be those benefits? Well, co- common law based system. So mm-hmm. familiarity for companies from around the world with legal systems that's very similar to the UK or in Commonwealth countries, mm-hmm. um, and an independent judiciary, um, which has got um, on the final court of appeal, judges from around the world. So it gives people certainty, Mm and that's obviously something that international investors look for. Mm -hmm. And indeed, Chinese investors um, relish as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Have you seen um, a a steady growth or or, um, uh, interest from this particular region, from the UAE and the wider GCC, over the past couple of three years? We're seeing more
1: and more interest, um, but it is relatively small compared with other parts of the world. Um, And obviously, that's part of the reason for being on this visit Mm -hmm. is to try and um, both gauge the interest um, and also try and help more companies find the growth opportunities that Asia offers. Mm -hmm. Um, We all know that the center of economic gravity of the world is shifting to Asia. um, And we think Hong Kong is a great location um, for companies across the Middle East and the Gulf region um, to be tapping into those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And our job is to help them identify
0: what it means for them. And then take them through the process. Um, obviously, Hong Kong is an, is well established, but it states, faces stiff competition um, both globally and regionally, um, you know with uh, f- homeland China, as we said, Shenzhen and Shanghai, but rival financial centres like Singapore and Tokyo, plus of course Dubai and Abu Dhabi, and even you know Kuala Lumpur and Bangalore. So what is it today that makes Hong Kong a more attractive proposition for investors from this region over those other potential centres?
1: Well, I think in short, I'd use one word, it's connectivity. Um, And that is Hong Kong being right at the very heart of Asia geographically. So practically every major city in Asia is within four hours flying. Um, half the world's population lives within five hours flying of Hong Kong. So for a business that's looking at a regional picture, um, that is really important. Um, Over a thousand flights a day to cities across the world. So it makes it very easy to do business. The city itself is an incredibly efficient and productive place to do business, um, so the ability to really drive um, a very commercial approach um, fits perfectly in the Hong Kong context. Mm-hmm. Competition is stiff, no, no doubt about it, and um, Singapore obviously proximate to the markets of Southeast Asia, um, Shanghai, Shenzhen, um, major centres on the mainland of China. Um, but. Depending upon what a company is looking to achieve, we really believe that Hong Kong offers this great mix. It's a melting pot of companies from around the world and talent around the world, um, and I think that's what sets it apart, perhaps from the competitors.
0: And there's maybe a familiarity with it, on a particularly from a Western perspective, that is perhaps not as 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 um, prevalent, you know, in, in mainland China. Certainly, that uh, that helps. That, that's certainly true. It, it's such an international centre,
1: um, and that's not something that you see on the mainland. So um, running a business on the mainland, then doing out of Shanghai or Shenzhen or Chengdu, that's absolutely achievable. But trying to operate a regional business um, out of the mainland still can be quite challenging. Mm-hmm. It's to do with talent, it's to do with regulation, it's to do with connectivity it, I mean,
0: in terms of logistics. Um, obviously talking about the mainland, the current situation, the, the trade um, conflicts with, with the US and um, has hit the stock market, um, it closed on Monday uh, significantly down, particularly with tech stocks falling, primarily off the back of the, the US seven-year ban on the um, Chinese telecom equipment provider ZTE, which really shocked uh, the, the, uh, the tech market globally, I think, not only um, locally. Um, what do you what can you do and what can hong kong and in, uh, invest hong kong do to mitigate that particular situation at the moment because it obviously has uh, an effect on investor perception um you know clearly the challenges in the us china
1: relationship are of concern to the investor community um, At Invest Hong Kong, we're not the lead part of the Hong Kong government dealing with these issues, um, but we sit within the part of the government that does. Um, Hong Kong is lobbying very hard on the US side, um, but also working with WTO. Hong Kong has its own seat at the table for WTO. So voicing its opinion very strongly um, about the potential impact on Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Um, Hong Kong as a major... Um, both import and export, um, port for the mainland. Um, We clearly are watching very carefully what's Mm -hmm. happening, Mm -hmm. but we hope that um, there will be reason um,
0: in the discussions going forward. Previously, not recently I must admit, but previously I I have uh, been aware of of stories um, in some of the China press intimating that um, Hong Kong has an inability to hang on to its startups um, for uh, reasons including a lack of interest in in new uh, ideas and a lack of um, venture capital and startup money. What's your take on, on that perception? Um, I think that's probably a little bit of a dated
1: perception. Um, the startup ecosystem in Hong Kong is rapidly evolving um, At Invest Hong Kong, we have a dedicated program called Start Me Up Hong Kong. Um, I think one of the really interesting things about the startup scene in Hong Kong is how international it is. 37% of startups have got international co founders. And it's back to this point about being a melting pot of entrepreneurs from around the world. I think the data that we have also indicates that startups are thriving. Um, so for the startups that we've worked with over the last three years, 85% of them are continuing to trade and to operate. And that's obviously a very high percentage in the startup community. Mm. So I think there are many things that Hong Kong is getting right. The government has recently announced a very big policy drive around innovation, so creating an even more favorable environment, um, particularly for startups. So for SMEs, well indeed for all companies, the first 2 million Hong Kong dollars of profits is going to be reduced to half of the current rate, so um, um, So 8.25%, and then uh, 16.5% thereafter. a a tax thereon. Yes, that's profits yeah, profit, you know, company tax, corporation yeah, okay. tax. Yeah. Um we're also in the process of introducing a super deduction for R and D expenditure. That will be three hundred percent for the first two million Hong Kong dollars, two hundred percent thereafter. Um so that is very attractive on a global level. Mm-hmm. Combine that with the rule of law in Hong Kong, the intellectual property environment, but with the Big markets of the mainland and Southeast Asia. Um, it makes Hong Kong a very interesting proposition.
0: Mm. One, one of the um, uh, themes often pushed by people when I'm, when I'm talking to them about startups is uh, being within an environment where failure is embraced. Um, it's something that that this region is is beginning to get uh, get to grips with and is beginning to understand the the uh, importance of it. How far down the road is is the Hong Kong um, Uh, mentality towards failure in in startups at the moment do you think well i think
1: one of the notable things about hong kong it is a laissez-faire economy um, and companies aren't propped up so it's sort of the school of hard knocks to be honest so companies either thrive or they don't survive Mm -hmm. Um, so i don't think that's a particular issue in hong kong
0: Mm -hmm. so there's no um, recourse to to um, stringent um, bank um repercussions for, for companies that, that uh, don't quite make it
1: no I I think you know Hong Kong is that entrepreneurial um city and um over the years it's sort of reinvented itself entrepreneurs have changed their business models and that's constantly happening mm. um, evolving to a changing um, regional pattern
0: um obviously one of the uh, significant areas uh, of of um, growth in and in innovation in in this region and particularly in this country is fintech. Um, it's an area that Hong Kong is very much in, invested in and um, pushes towards. Um, what is the unique selling point uh, for Hong Kong for uh, fintech investors, particularly those from this region who might who might be looking to um, to get into the sector? Why would they choose Hong Kong rather than say Dubai? Well, I don't think it's necessarily
1: an either-or decision. Um, So for fintechs from this region, um, looking at growth opportunities in Asia, Hong Kong's a great place to do it. Um, We've got a very friendly regulatory environment. So each of our three regulators all have got regulatory sandboxes. So on the insurance side, on the security side and the banking side. Um, then there's a very obviously well-developed financial services industry as a whole, an affluent consumer base, as well as obviously a very well-developed um, business space. And the big opportunity that many people see is obviously accessing the mainland markets. I think one of the really interesting things happening in southern China is the closer economic integration of Hong Kong, Macau, and nine cities in Guangdong. Um, uh, For instance, on the asset management side, this means tapping into a consumer base of 68 million people, some of the wealthiest in southern China or in China. Um, So these
0: are the opportunities that people are seeing. And obviously, those are opportunities that Hong Kong is familiar with, where the even even the rival um, uh, centres would be less uh, less familiar with, and obviously would have less able uh, less able to to actually access them. Yes, I think that's true. Certainly, when you're talking about the
1: mainland market, obviously Hong Kong has got that phenomenal connectivity.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of opportunities do you think um, the Belt and Road Initiative throws up for investors from this region? Um, I think Belt and Road is
1: something that could transform the global trade and investment landscape over a period of decades. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, The opportunities in the near term really relate to infrastructure-related sectors. Um, So it's relevant to contractors. It's relevant to consulting engineers. And of course, it's relevant to the financial and professional services sector. Um, So structuring complex projects perhaps in quite challenging countries um, is really the name of the game at the moment. Mm -hmm. We think Hong Kong's got a really important role to play in that. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's about the connectivity between mainland investors and international investors tapping into the deep equity and capital markets in Hong Kong and the depth of financial and professional services. But in the longer term, Belt and Road is going to create new markets Um, at the heart of the overall concept is Belton Road accounts for about two-thirds of the world's population but only accounts for one-third of the world's GDP. Mm-hmm. So by increasing GDP per capita in these countries, it's going to create new opportunities. So we see opportunities in healthcare, in education, in consumer products, in logistics. Um, But I think the pace at which each of the countries will develop will be different. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be a homogeneous pattern and companies will need to be watching very closely where the opportunities are emerging and how it fits in with their risk appetite. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Looking at it from from this perspective, from the UAE's perspective, um, or looking to the UAE from your perspective. where, what industries or sectors do you think are most likely to to look to Hong Kong to um, to to consider investment uh, into Hong Kong and into Hong Kong companies?
1: Um, we're seeing quite broad interest. Um, so, financial services, and um, to a degree, professional services. We see good opportunities um, amongst the VCPE community, family offices, where they're looking for new growth. Um, and perhaps looking away from the more traditional markets of the west um, we see quite a lot of interest on the consumer product side um, we're seeing interest as well on the tech side um, so it, it
0: really is um, quite broadly based mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from a, the point of view of property investment one would mm-hmm. uh, obviously one has seen uh, a vast influx of Chinese money into the Hong Kong market, property market which of course has Made it sore, is is that now effectively a closed a closed um, a closed market for for other non Chinese investors? I don't think it's a closed market.
1: Um, obviously, property in Hong Kong is expensive, um, even compared to other global cities, and there's a lot of competition for prime properties. Um, But it all depends upon what an investor is willing to pay, Mm -hmm. Um, But there is that very high competition from the mainland. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And finally, how do you see um, InvestHK developing over the next five years? And what would be your primary ambitions over that period? Our job is to really create jobs for
1: the people of Hong Kong. Um, so, what we want to do is bring in the very best companies from all around the world. We think there's a great opportunity here um, in GCC, um, so we're going to be putting a lot of effort to engage with companies, um, help them recognise what it means for them, and then take them through that process, and once they've landed in Hong Kong, you know, help them seize even more opportunities. So we've got a very positive outlook on engagement with this part of the world.
0: Thanks very much to Stephen Phillips for that look at how Hong Kong and the mainland hope to attract investment from our region. My name's Chris Nelson, and that was the Business Extra podcast. You can find us at Apple Podcasts or our website, thenational.ae.